whispers in my ear that I can't hear my voice Tell me will it in the situation that I'm in Or am I bound to sit alone drowning in my sins Get right or get left, what will it be? Time is running out, the blood is flowing down the streets People need to know we're living in a war zone Hit the streets with the truth, tell them that it's on What's up, everybody? This is T-Bird this week. It's just me. Uh, yeah, we're this is going to be kind of a weird episode. We're using last week's, this week's official topic as the bulk of the entire show. So hopefully you all enjoyed that. But before we get to that, i got a couple of housekeeping things to go through. So first off, Daryl's dropping two new, two, I believe two new shows this week. One for the Loot Bros comic cast, which is on Wonder Woman, Dead Earth. Pretty sure that's him and Josh Adams doing that. And then sometime this week, maybe it might be early next week, he's got another a new episode of 2236 where he is comparing Silent Hill 1 to Resident Evil 1 and debating on which one's the better game. Should be interesting. I think that might be another him and uh, Josh, Josh Adams joint. So yeah, should be a good one to listen to. Follow us on our Instagrams and uh, Twitter at The Loot Bros Podcast. Now, let's go on over to the backlog beatdown. And we'll go over the top five. So this week we got John Tancredi at 108 games beat. And trophies earned. Not bad. And we got Joseph Priestley at 76. Gareth Davis at 38. James McCall at 27. And old Tricky Mick at 26. Now we'll go over to the Loot Bros leaderboard. So we're going to go over the True Trophies one first. So top five, Affectatious Donk with 388 games. Sorry, trophies. Uh, it's not right. <clears throat> and then we got Mr. Team NT 84 with 45. Stink Palm with 32. MD Nitro with 17. And Gaz Davis with 8. Now on over to the True Achievements leaderboard. And number one, we got the Alpha Seagull, 2,650. Then we have Gwen's Candle with 2,445. Then we have JDI Master Ace with 185. And then we have the Ghost at 130, which is Josh, the one who died on the show. <laughs> and then we have Cool Kid Joe at a Nice solid 80 points. Weird. Weird seeing them that low on the uh, leaderboards. Without further ado, here is the episode. Hope you enjoy. Make you lose control. Let's head on over to the twat. The twat. This week's fish topic. I ruined it. I screwed it up. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. So this week we are right on the heels of the Game Awards. Uh, and in typical Loot Bros fashion, I think that it is only fair that we give our opinions to the internet on what we think are some of the best or worst video games out. So last year... For the Game Awards, we made up our own categories. We made up our own topics and ran with it. <laughs> so this year, we're going to play by the rules just a little bit better. Just a little little closer to, to what everyone else is doing in all the podcasts. And we are going to talk about 
each and every category on the list that we might just change things up just a little bit. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to save the game of the year until the very end. Uh, All right. (laughs) So we're going to save the game of the year to the end. What I'm going to do is I'm looking at the at the board at the the website for the game awards. So I'm just going to go from one category to the other and you guys tell me what you have for the best or worst game in that category. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. And we're only doing one for each person, right? Or yep. Oh, so we have to go with the ones that are actually nominated, do we? Because I thought it was the the word. No, no, no. Played. No, you go. Whatever, whatever answer you got yeah. is completely fair game. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'll, for, I'll... if you're ill prepared, if you're ill prepared like me, <laughs> you go with what they gave you. Good. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll preface mine here that I'm not just shitting on everybody's work here. I'm going to go with the worst, and probably none of them are the ones that are there, but. But in jest, but some not in jest. Some actually quite screws. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, for the first category, best game direction. What do you guys have? We'll go around the table, starting with CJ, T-Bird, Zach, then myself. So, CJ, what do you have for best or worst game direction. So I'll go with worst game direction for this year. It was a total gem. It's why you play movie crossover games. It was a combination of high action, janky controls, no real story, dreadful animation that you'd only expect to find on a PlayStation console. It was the wonderful Fast and the Furious Crossroads. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know that was the thing. <laughs> oh, it's it's a, something to behold, <laughs> sir. Trust me. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, T Bird. Yeah, I couldn't come up with something silly. So I just picked Final Fantasy Seven. All right, so you're voting Final Fantasy Seven as the actual best game direction. Yeah, and plus, it's really, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the only game off that list I actually played. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Zach, best game direction. So by game direction, does this mean like where the game has gone or how it was put together? We're going to let you interpret that however you want. This is the Loot Bros Game right. Awards. If I just so. interpret it that way, I'm just going to go, well, which game sucked? <laughs> That's how I did. <laughs> and... Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it because this is it'd be the same thing as like the worst game ever. For me. Ah, well, just do it. All right. Well, you know, I'll go for the one this year. This year, the winner would be Call of Duty. Multiplayer's Ooh. booty. Uh-huh. Straight cheeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> straight cheeks. <laughs> the Loot Bros nominee for the Straight Cheeks Award. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, God. All right. So for me, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to try my best on my list to keep it to this year. Now I'm going to throw some caveats out there. Some of these games, I might've only played them this year. Some of these games might have nothing to do with this year. So for me, 
for the best game direction, I got to go with WWE 2K Battlegrounds. And that direction would be down. <laughs> Two thumbs down, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah, it? uh, it's not that I hate it. It's just that it's... it's really you bad. can tell that the... Yeah, it's not that I hate it. It's just I hate it. No, the, <laughs> that sucks. The thing about it is, it's actually kind of fun to play, but it's not good because all they did was they they didn't put out a proper WWE game this year because the last game sucked mad balls. So, what they did was they said, "Oh, here's this free to play mobile game that we were building. Let's put it out there for forty dollars." I mean, the game, you get like six characters when you start. It's not even characters that you like, like Roman Reigns, trash. Um, and then you have to you either buy or earn in-game currency to unlock the good characters. And just for like throwing numbers out there, like AJ Styles is like 12,000 credits. Like at your best, you might get 800 credits a match. You know? So you got to do a fart ton of matches to get, you know, to unlock any character that you enjoy. And, you know, the game is, is it's, it's okay for the first play hour or two, but after that, it just kind of sucks. It just feels like a bloated mobile game that is built on microtransactions. And it just, it's just not good. Two thumbs down. Yeah, it's good to hear mm. someone tell the That's truth about that again. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just thinking as you said that though. Imagine if Ubisoft, like with Assassin's Creed or something, they got onto the idea that you can sell the game, but then you have to buy the characters. So you just load it and there's nothing there. It's the world, and then it comes up. Now you need to buy which character you want to play as <laughs> after you've oh already absolutely like killer <laughs> yes, like Killer Instinct. Yeah, oh, like, no, that's dude. what it is. Oh, I hated that. So. <laughs> so. All right, the next category is Best Narrative. CJ, what do you got? Yeah, well, I'll throw out one that probably none of you have heard of. It is it is from this year, earlier this year. It is a JRPG. So some of these smaller factories, they, they tend to, or JRPG factories, they tend to pump out the same game, just, you know, changing the name and perhaps some of the assets. And this was a victim of this. It's called Ark of uh, Alchemist. So it, on the premise, it looks, like a, it looks like quite a fun, you know, sort of um, beat-em-up style JRPG. RPG collectathon or whatever else and it, it did have a really good story but the more I played this game and it's only about 15 hours long the more I played this game the more I started to realize the cutscenes are random in that the cutscene you get at a particular point may not actually be the point in the story you're up to so, so that's a revelation of narrative that I've never seen before and then if you save the game quit and come back later you'll now see a cutscene from another different part of the game so you may actually get an ending cutscene at the beginning or a beginning cutscene at the end and I thought that was a novel way to tell the story. And it just shows the production values that were involved in this particular particular game. So this is my worst narrative Dude. of the year. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, T-Bird. Uh, again, picking Final Fantasy VII. It's really the only story that I've really enjoyed this year. Kingdom of Malamar was okay. It wasn't the best story in the world, but it was a fun game. So, plus, I'm that was my first time ever experiencing Final Fantasy VII, so kind of excited now to go back and actually play the original or whenever the new stuff comes out. 
Uh, dig it. All right, Zach. Uh, uh, I'm kind of stuck between two, but I guess when it comes down to it, I guess the best narrative game that I have played would probably be God of War. I would think, or had the best narrative in my opinion. Heck yeah. All right. So for me this year, I have not played too many games with great narratives. It's not that I didn't play any games with great narratives, but like, what are you talking about? She played Mayo. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Easy now. To be fair, you haven't played many games at all. So, right, right, right. And and so as I was going through my list, I'm like, well, I could really com- compose a list of games with great narratives, or I can pick a game that just had no narrative at all. Like absolutely nothing to it. So, so what I decided to do for this category is instead of the best narrative, I'm going with the worst narrative. Uh, and that would be uh road bustle. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you're a little clay a little little bundle of clay style dummy and it's a frogger style game where you have to like make it across the road and you get trophies based on how many points you get uh there is a glitch in the game that we found unintentionally but apparently it is the preferred way to go um that if you (laughs) if you walk into a wall a specific wall too, not just any wall. Well, excuse me. Almost any wall will do this, but we, there's this one in particular that we found and you can continue to walk forward, but it doesn't actually go anywhere because you walk in the wall and you constantly get your points. So we sat there and walked into a wall for five or 10 minutes and until we got the platinum. So Daryl's re- what, what a nerd. Daryl's really redefining what it means to be a gamer in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. It hurts sometimes. <laughs> I played well, this game. I played this game where I walked into a wall for 10 minutes and boom. <laughs> Tanner, you know wow. what I you know what sure. I think, Tanner? I think sometimes the game gets in the way for some of these gamers, you know. If the game wasn't there, they'd have a much I... better time. I highly, I believe that hundred uh, percent. Here's the thing, man. Like, there's so many people who listen to, to gaming podcasts, and they would never even know these things existed. It's probably for the better. I'm doing, I'm doing the world a service by finding these games, you know, and then letting you know about it. Like, <laughs> you're welcome. So, <laughs> road bustle, best narrative. <laughs> oh boy uh <laughs> all right next category best art direction cj yeah well we've already already alluded to it in the the previous episode but a game to have quality art direction it has to be true to its purpose it has to be clear it has to be clean and it has to sell the message of the game and for me the only game that achieved this this year the worst art direction but also the best in a in a surprising split turn here is of course chickens on the road yes <laughs> i gotta i gotta look at this I've heard y'all both talk about this. I haven't actually seen what this Tanner, game is. If you've seen a chicken and if you've seen a road, you get the idea. 
Yep, I got I to gotta agree with you, man. I got to go ahead and throw my vote in on uh, best art direction, Chickens on the Road. It's 100%. It's a truthful depiction of what it's like to be a chicken on the road. <laughs> All right, yeah. Zach. Yeah, I'm going with that one too. <laughs> I think now that you've picked it, he is, you have to play it. You have to play it, dude. Oh, uh, so, art direction. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with Catherine. Not this year, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed the art in that game. And I felt like it helped. Like, the art style helped improve the the story of the game. So. Heck, yeah. That's a good one. That's one of those that, like, I wish that I had the time to play. Just because so many podcasts talk about how great that game is. But and hard if you well. stop playing these 99 cent games, you might. <laughs> yeah, <it's true>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right, CJ, back to you. Uh, best score and music. Yeah, it's funny because I don't have a worst pick here because if it's that bad, I just don't listen to it usually. So this is the only category I'll go with best instead of worst uh, for this time, if that's okay. And I'll have to go with the Ghosts of uh, Tsushima. That's correct, yeah, because uh, it was fantastic. I mean, there's not enough shakuhachi flute in a game in any game these days, but that that game was. I mean, the game was something special, but the music it really added to it. The for those that have played it, of course, the the overriding premise for direction is the wind or whatever else, and to use the flute like they did to juxtapose that and and basically to personify it was was wonderful. So for me, that you know, there's many reasons to play that game, and one of them is definitely for the music. So don't turn the sound off if you if you do experience that journey. Sweet, 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 T Bird. Yeah, you should know which one this is. That's Doom. <laughs> oh, that's right. Doom Eternal. Oh, yeah. Ain't okay. nothing like listening to some metal while killing a bunch of demons. <laughs> it's just what the doctor ordered. It's so funny, Tanner. We talked about this the other week, and uh, and the the guest said or whatever. I didn't think about it at the time. I only thought about it when I was editing. And she she picked the same one. And her reasoning was is because it actually feels like you're really killing someone, like in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that's good dude that i listened to that episode and i was like i'm surprised she picked that one that was awesome yes <laughs> so that was awesome um uh, big zach what you got any halo game before halo 4 ah. honestly I, I can't really choose one because i like odst i like Halo 1, 2, and 3 are pretty much the same. It's just they added a song or two with each game. Um, and Reach was amazing. But it's hard to choose one, so any of those will do. Okay, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, I got to agree with CJ on this one, not on Ghost of Tsushima, but uh for me for the most part i set out to make fun of all these categories right i was going to pick like what's the worst case scenario for everything um but then as i was going through making my list i'm like you know what i actually do care about some of these things uh so when i decide that i care about something i'm going to not make fun of it this time 
uh, and for the best score in music, I actually am going to throw something out there that maybe isn't the most popular opinion out there. But I really feel like uh, Miles Morales has a pretty good score and music. Uh, It's not a ton of music, but the hip hop music that they throw into Miles Morales fits that the aesthetic that, that is presented in the game. Um, there's a scene where Miles puts his headphones on and he's kind of walking through the city and he's like helping people out, you know, helping a good dude move, move a couch and, uh, he hands someone some like a, a can of paint or whatever. And, uh, he's listening to some hip hop and it's just so, it's so fitting, you know, it's just like, it's upbeat. It fits that character. And, uh, it's kind of a callback to the miles, uh, the, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. You know, where Miles, the cartoon version of him, is walking through, you know, the town. He's, he's listening to music. He's listening to music in his room. And it just, it fits. It feels good. And I enjoy it. And, um, you know, it might not necessarily be the best music I've heard all year long. But for what I'm currently playing, I like it. And uh, I'm going to say that. So, yeah, Miles Morales is getting my vote for best score in music. You changed that. If you play Doom, <laughs> you see, I haven't played Doom yet. So that you know, that is uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Tommy Gun Oliva said he was going to hook me up with his copy mm-hmm. of Doom. It's on. I, it's I on him, Game Pass. Well, it, it, this was you know when the game first came out. You know, ah. um, he picked it up, played through it, and was like, "Hey, I'll bring it to you. Let you borrow it." But I told him, "Don't worry about it," because I was so far behind on games uh, that I would hit him up one day. And uh, yeah, now it's on Game Pass, so I could just turn it on tomorrow if I were so inclined. The power of the I thought about I thought about cheesing it and saying I played it on Xbox, even though I would play it on PC again because I can prove it's on Xbox with achievements. Ah, but I gave myself away, and I'm not playing Doom again. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, next category: CJ Best Audio Design. So, of course, audio design is hugely important because it's the immersion. It's what it what sucks you in to the game. Of course, we've had some amazing examples this year, Daryl, with Resident Evil 3 but uh, and many, yep. many horror games. But one of the hardest things for any game studio is to hit consistency, whether you're AAA or you're indie, to maintain a standard is, is always going to be difficult over different properties, different IPs. It's wonderful in this day and age that the studio PlayStick Interactive can continually hit the bottom rung of the ladder with such precision that you don't even need to worry about whether their game will be garbage or not. You know it will be garbage before you even play it. This is a studio that is still working out how to learn or how to how to do animation, I suppose, if you like, from the Idiot's Guide to Animation book. And they, they knocked it out of the park. All their titles are impressive in their own right. But this one, Nerved, I don't know if you've come across this horror Turf. I'm not sure what it is, to be honest with you, but it's it's rare that a door can open and close and you hear about it 30 seconds later. A book can fall off a shelf and like three hours later, you hear the book. But to achieve that sort of a precision is, is remarkable. Of course, the game has many, many hidden characteristics like getting stuck in the door, getting stuck in the wall, resetting for no reason or just deleting a save. All wonderful things you can look forward to, but the sound design in this and the audio design is something to behold when it eventually reaches your ears. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> T-Bird, <laughs> you got to follow that up. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm passionate um, about plastic. <laughs> you know, I never really honestly paid a, like it's something you never really pay attention to when it's good, but when it's bad, it's bad. I honestly can't think of anything this year that sounded bad. I just went with Doom again for being good. There you go. All right. Big Zach. So, unfortunately, I'm kind of on the same boat with Tanner. I don't really know what to choose. So, I'm going to kind of choose one that I feel like is known for audio. And I'm going to say Hellblade. There you go. So. The only game that make me ever tell imaginary voices that were not in my head to shut up. <laughs> Dude. That that is like uh to me, that is one of the I guess um staples or it's a showpiece when, when it comes to audio. Like I, I that is a game that anytime I talk about it, I tell people play it with headphones on, it'll blow your mind. So, uh, best audio design is in fact another category that I do care about. Therefore, I am not going to make fun of it. Uh, and I do think that Resident Evil Three uh, is a good uh, candidate for that category. I do believe it's actually even nominated for it this year. So, I would imagine that uh, it it ha- it stands a good chance. Um, of actually winning that category. Um, it is a absurdly short game, which I love. And the original was short too. So it actually doesn't, you know, it kind of falls into line with that, but I thought the audio design was good. Uh, there's just, there's certain, what they've done with that RE engine is they've made like, they've made silence an actual, like it's a character now, you know, like, um, you'll have uh, exciting music building up and like, you know, immersing you in like pushing you forward. You'll have uh, ambient noise, but then you'll have dead silence. And therefore, whenever something does ramp up and come at you next, it's so much more impactful and it kind of gets you kind of creeped out because you can hear like floorboards creak from rooms away from you. Um, they put these little bobbleheads in the Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remake, and you can hear them kind of creaking and shaking back and forth. And uh, they do such a good job with making silence like deafening in those two games. So uh, I thought that, you know, best audio design was something that I actually do care about. So therefore, I will not make fun of it and give a straight answer. So best performance, CJ. Oh, best performance. I didn't I didn't consider this one. You'll have to pass. I, well, I mean, I suppose I could. Uh, what are the options? I'll give you a serious one here. I must have missed this category. Sorry. So your options for best performance are um, Ashley Johnson as Ellie, Laura Bailey as Abby, um, the guy that plays Jin in uh, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Logan as Hades, or... Uh, the dude that plays Miles Morales. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I did I did miss that one. So I'll stick with the the same answer I gave on our show, and I'm going to go with uh the the lady. Sorry, I forget the name. You said it there, who played Abby, because I think it was uh 
as I said on our show too, and as obviously a serious one here, not a worse one, there's not a lot of depiction of of gay, you know, or gay identifying characters or whatever else. And for a for a triple A game, whatever you think of that game, for a triple A game to take that on, I thought was was very impressive or whatever else. And I thought that they could have half asked it easily. There was many things in that game that was half asked, so they could have done that, but they they didn't. They they really she really committed to that role, and it was a butch uh, female lesbian character, and it was portrayed. It was portrayed really well, and so I think I think for performance out of the others, you know, coming back to me now, I didn't think. No, I know you you like Miles Morales sort of, but I didn't think any of them were were really you know stand out like will stay with me. But for that that particular performance, I thought it was very genuine, so I, I did enjoy that. I actually thought Miles's mom was pretty solid. Yes, uh, she doesn't have any like real emotional lines, you know. Like they tried to make Finn like a, like an like a, a, a character, and Miles was good. I liked him just fine. Um, I actually like the voice actor that plays Peter Parker mm. better than everyone in the game. I, I don't really care for the new face facial actor or whatever. Um, but I thought that as far as Miles Morales goes, he's actually not the standout. I thought his mom was pretty solid. I, I will so especially because they. She's bilingual, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like the way that they seamlessly. Thank you, baby. Miles they, Morales has great graphics. That's right. Good job. Hi, PS5, baby. Yep. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but the way that they uh, incorporated it to make it so. Because any of my bilingual friends and their family, they do that. They have that English to uh, Spanish transition mm. so seamlessly. Or when I was uh, coaching soccer this year. Uh, I had a family that spoke, um, uh, I mean, this some sort of Chinese, Mandarin, Korean, something. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't ask, but it was so it was funny the way that they talked to each other because they would be having a conversation in English, and then anytime discipline or any kind of sense of being stern was to, to come in, they would immediately mid sentence transition into whatever their whatever their native language was. And it's just like fascinating to me. Like I just think that's so cool how you can you can just be in mid conversation, and because you don't want me to hear what you're saying or understand what you're saying, just like a light switch, they would flip it over. Uh, and it was just I think I think that is cool. So um, I really thought that the way that they portrayed Miles's mom in the game was head and shoulders one of the standout characters. It's just to pick up on that. It's funny you mentioned the Peter Parker because I thought I thought that was I know he wasn't in it a lot or whatever, but I did think that was quite good as well. But for someone that didn't even know there were two Spider Mans, I, I do want to thank uh, is an insomniac that made that game for putting both the Spider Mans in the same sort of scenes at the beginning of the game, because if they hadn't, I was so thinking about it after I played it. If they hadn't, I would have seen the, the black uh, fellow who was the Spider Man in this game. And I would have thought, wow, that's very 2020, isn't it? Not realizing there were actually two Spider-Man. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and the story of miles is, um, they did, they did a really good job with it, you know, uh, incorporating him in the last game and then giving him this, you know, side story, you know, s- smaller title. Um, I'm interested to see how the, you know the next game is going to work because the powers and playing as Miles is so different than Peter Parker, you know. But like we're we're inevitably going to go back to Peter Parker, so um, I hope that in the next game that they have both characters playable. 
Can, can I take a quick sidebar here? And it's a spoiler on a spoiler, so we can't say what the spoiler is and you can't answer the spoiler either. But you know Spider-Man, and so somewhere you're going to have to tiptoe around this. At the end of the game, and I'm not going to say what it is, they show a scene which I assume is going to link into the Spider-Man 2. Is that correct? And did that scene mean anything to you or is it just random? Uh, it does and it did, and I'm excited for it. Excellent. And if you watch the scene at the end of the original Spider-Man game, it's a continuation of that scene. Ah, excellent. Okay, good. Very good. Yeah. So it's going to be cool, man. And I think that if I, uh, I think they're doing a little bit of blending of the characters, like in the universe, like, like uh, they're taking what is normally a completely different character. And I think from what I could tell from the, the from the scene that they're going to, make this character they're going to combine two characters into one and i think that could go some really really interesting places so Perfect. we'll see what happens hmm. so all right uh best performance t-bird um i'm actually going off the list for best actor whoever did the voice acting for avor and uh assassin's creed particularly the female voice it's probably hands down the best voice acting they've had at any of these games. I've been kind of hopping back and forth between uh, being a male and female because it gives you an option based off that because you know you're in the animus. So, yeah, it's for whatever reason, the female one just sounds better. She sounds more aggressive because, you know, Vikings and the other the, the male voice actor sounds. It just sounds weird for a Viking. He's really soft, not really. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say with that one, but not not very masculine and an angry Viking like you would expect. Yeah, he's not angry. He's not angry Viking like the female is. But is he even a Viking if he's not angry? I would say no. But yeah, yeah, the voice acting in this game is actually very, very good. It caught me off. It caught me by surprise. That's awesome. I love good voice acting. Like that's one of those things that can uh, just like with sound design. A lot of times if it's, if it's good, you don't notice it uh, li like you would if it's bad, but when there's with voice acting, there's certain times where it's exceptional and it stands out like, like this is awesome. Like uh, I got to say the voice acting in miles Morales, uh, Troy Baker plays one of the characters and it does not work for me at all. What? Like it's it's my least favorite Troy Baker role. Who's he play? He plays the bad guy in this game, and or one of the bad guys, and he's like the corporate businessman bad guy, and his inflection and everything works for that character, but the face doesn't match the voice. Um, it actually, uh, you guys, you you guys remember Spider-Man three, the movie? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the little nerdy guy that plays Eddie Brock that, um, was in that 70s show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So like, that is what this character looks like, but he sounds like Troy Baker being Troy Baker. Okay. I can, I can get it. It just doesn't work. Like it doesn't 
and maybe it works for everybody else and not me. I don't know. But I think that, um, you know, that's a total same tangent, but yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put that as my answer for best performance. Uh, and it's going to be worst performance. And it's going to be that guy because I don't like the way his face looks. So, boom. So, Zach, best performance. Best performance for me, I'd probably have to go with Lee from The Walking Dead. I, I forgot the dude's name who voiced him. Um, But, yeah, that'd be my choice. Sweet. Sweet, sweet. I love, I, I love how we're, as a collective, we're taking something that's supposed to be relative for a certain certain time period, and <laughs> we've got good answers, we got bad answers, we got new answers, we got old answers. We're just we're freaking killing it. I love it. So, all right, CJ, games for impact. This is a this is a category I love. So it's a game that stays with you longer than the three hours it'll take you to finish Miles Morales. It's a it's a category you know that you'll think about <laughs> well into the future. And there really has been, and I know this is a little controversial because I know there are panel members that probably enjoyed their time with this game, but I'm sure they'd have to agree that as far as games with impact, games you really feel there has really only been one this year. This game can literally rip the shirt off your child's back. You used own a house before you played this game you may have had a car but now you're walking to work it is of course the wonderful genshin impact a game that will drain you financially (laughs) to the bone while you enjoy the the wonderful uh fictitious world would you agree there tanner yeah i would if i didn't give up on that game for that reason (laughs) definitely leaves an impact Uh, oh yeah it'll drain your entire wallet if you're not careful that's what they want. They want that money. Yeah, I've seen multiple videos of people dropping hundreds of dollars on that game just to get just to get a special character. Yeah. They, they, they did a really interesting article. I'm not sure if it was IGN or one of the, the major publishers. And they didn't they didn't actually spend the money, but they they sort of worked out the formula and then they, you know, took into account the RNG and to get a decent team. And of course there's RNG, you know, anything could happen. It, it, they're looking at around two and a half thousand US dollars just to get a decent series of characters if the RNG is you mm-hmm. know, that's, relative. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. But they would get people doing that over time for sure. Dead. That makes me sick. Mm, I know it's, a, it's it's amazing games like that. Uh, you know, I played a little bit of that game, and it, it just amazes me that all the shit that EA came under, and then they get away with something like that. It's unbelievable. But a, a to, you know, topic for another time. Dude, if EA would have done that, they would have been meeting in front of the Senate again, getting grilled. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. So, all right, T-Bert, games for impact. Yeah, I don't really have a joking answer. I just want to tell me why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. You you liked that game, didn't you? Yeah, it was, it was a fun game. Good story. Yeah. It was not how, it wasn't exactly the story I thought I was going to get, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. So, 10 out of 10 would probably play it again. If I wanted to get all the achievements. Which you should do. Um, All right, Zach. Games for impact. So by impact, is it like by how it impacted me? 
Sure. However you interpret it. Um, dang. Uh, okay. This is one I didn't have. Uh, there's a lot of games that I could say have impacted me, but I guess I'll say one that has impacted me in a negative way and has kind of Fortnite cautious. (laughs) It should be. Yeah, that game impact is of that, impact of that wallet. <laughs> yes, that game is taking my lunch money several times. Um, oh crap, I forgot my answer now. Thanks, Tanner. <laughs> my answer. Is Tanner. <laughs> That's my now answer. all you can think about is how much money he spent on Fortnite. <laughs> is, are they just a wave of regret? Like, good God, I spent so much money. I have dropped way too much money on this game. Uh, but that's and how yes, they I'm get you right now. That's how they get you, isn't it? Because you're like, I've spent, you know, X hundred dollars on this game. What's another five? It doesn't matter. <clears anymore. throat> so that's how they <clears throat> get you. <laughs> it wasn't a hundred dollars. Like, oh wait. The V Bucks are only seven ninety nine instead of nine ninety nine. I can get them. <laughs> uh, I didn't care. I didn't care how much they were. So I'm gonna second you, or yeah, I'm gonna kind of yeah second that on um, games for impact in in the att- attack in the wallet, but I'm gonna do it on behalf of my youngest son, Spider Packs. Uh, Spider Packs is currently in debt to his father right now, and uh, part of that debt is is uh, he spent a little bit of his money uh, on some V bucks so that he could buy the venom skin pack. And I constantly tell my children, do not waste your money on in game purchases. If you want to play a game and get all the content, let's play a real game. Stop downloading free to play stuff. And then wanting to buy the crap inside it because it's a gimmick. It's built to make you want it and you don't actually have anything for it. And, uh, so every now and again, just to, teach the lessons and prove the points. I'm like, you know what? Let's do this. So Venom came out in the, in the, in the item shop. He was losing his mind. I said, fine, we'll spend your V bucks. And he went in debt with me and now he doesn't have enough money to buy the battle pass. So then I decided this is the perfect time for me not to give him any money let him stay in debt and waller in his sorrow. So, as a game that has impacted him in such a negative way, Fortnite. Yeah, I guess that's my solid answer too because they just released Kratos yesterday, and you know I bought that. So. <laughs> impacted that wallet. It's such a moralistic high ground, isn't it, listeners? But you can bet next week when they re- re- release the giant mayo jar as a skin, Daryl will be all over. <laughs> Oh, you know what? That would be the ultimate way to get me is you take your skin packs in there, like uh, roughly 20 bucks, you know? So you take a game that costs a dollar, pull the character out, put it in Fortnite, make me pay 20 bucks for the skin. (laughs) But how awesome would it be to get bested in there by a mayo jar? I mean, come on. I mean, you can get bested by a banana. Look, they have a sock monkey, like Tanner just said, the banana. They have everything. Yeah, yeah, that's basically a giant playground full of (laughs) wacky inflatable arm guys. 
I'm showing my ignorance here, so, so please correct me. But in Fortnite, is it first person? Like, can, can you actually see what you're wearing, like yourself or not? It's, it's third person. Third, oh, good. Third so you person, can at least yeah, see the see skins because I can't remember yes. what the game was, but Ubisoft, I'm sure, was there was a game where it was first person and they were selling skins that you couldn't even see. Oh, you know? that's third. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> what well, you got? Apex Legends does yeah, it, and that's first person. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's probably the one he was thinking about. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the thing is my son, he was wanting to spend some of his money to get one of the packs. I said, son, it's first person. You can't even see it. I can see it in the menus. And I was like, and then the, the skins are not even cool. Yeah. Like, they're not cool at all. At least the Fortnite stuff is cool. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm going to throw an ultimate mind fuck on the audience and potentially your son here. If you can't see it yourself, how do you even know you have it? crazy oh do you even have it <laughs> i'm not gonna lie call of duty doesn't really give me with like the character skins but the weapon blueprints they have are pretty cool because some of them have like uh weapon effects where one of them like after i kill somebody they just they blow up into like eight bit like pixels it's pretty cool but you stuff don't- i don't need you know what I like about but that? I want. The, 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 that mentality is like, like, look at these suckers over here buying their skins. Now, where are my smoke trails over here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't fault nobody for doing that because I'm no. probably the number one perpetrator of microtransactions. So I can't say crap to anybody. Yeah. But it is a bad habit, a very bad habit. I think it's a really fine line because like, uh, like I, you know, I can't talk because in Final Fantasy 14, I bought a mount and in Assassin's Creed uh, or- uh, Odyssey, I think I bought, I bought one of the flying unicorns and you don't need to do that. Sure, you can't unlock it unless you use real money, but I did it because in those games, I've spent hundreds of hours and, you know, I, I don't mind. I know I paid full price for the game, but I don't mind giving a little bit more because I like the look of it and, and I'm happy to give it. And I think, you know, in Fortnite, it is a free game. So if you're getting a lot of hours, hundreds of hours, then giving some money, I think, is well within reason, I suppose. It's just, it's, I suppose, just how much you give is the, you know, the line to measure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as long I feel like as long as I enjoy the game, I don't find a problem with it, yeah. but yeah. you know, if it's a game where some people will probably just get on the game, oh look, new skin. All right, well I feel like playing something else. Mm-hmm. You know, after they just bought or spent like twenty dollars on it, that's a problem. I can't imagine anyone just buying games and playing them for two minutes and then buying more games. That's insane, isn't it, Daryl? <laughs> I would never. <laughs> I would never. So, all right, best ongoing game, CJ. Yeah, so when you think of CJ, you don't think of an ongoing game, I can tell you. <laughs> but uh, but I, <laughs> so this is a category I'm not used to, but I will throw out one. Uh, Predator, I think it was called Predator Hunting Grounds. And again, I think it was yes. the Friday the 13th, people. I may be wrong there uh, or whatever. So I got peer pressured into this game. A Sony pony ponied me into getting it. And so I did. And it was really fun. We played for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes and then the, you know, evacuate. <laughs> the game ended and I said cool so what do we do next and he goes we just do it again and again and again and at that stage it's not a joke there was only one map and I was like wow this is really a category of game I don't need to drop 60 bucks on in the future and uh, I think 
since then they've added stuff, I'm not sure. But at, for the first few months, that's all there was, the same thing again and again. So that is definitely my pick for worst ongoing game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good choice too. I actually just bought that game. <laughs> I think it's way better now. This was at, at launch, yeah. <laughs> Oof. So, all right. Zach, uh, I mean, uh, Tanner. Yeah... Yeah, I'm just going to go with Destiny 2. Okay. That's a real answer. Because, you know, what's a, what's better than adding new content in the game and then taking everything that you had from the past two years away? <laughs> that, sounds like a great, that sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if it works. As long as it makes some money. No, it's like let's take all let's take the content we already had in the base game and say, eat. Here's new stuff. Have fun. Hey, what's Halo doing? You have you got, half, you got half the content you had before now. Have fun, guys. Hope you don't get bored of our game again. That's amazing. So all right, Zach, what you got for best ongoing game? Well, I was gonna make a joke and say anthem, but Things like a cockroach that'll never die. It's it's ongoing development. (laughs) But, uh, well, I mean, I've been playing it a lot, and it's keeping me on there. So I'm going to say Fortnite, because they keep doing a lot of cool stuff with their seasons. So, like adding bananas. All right. Adding bananas and. (laughs) Uh, dabbing as Iron Man, you know. Yeah, the, the important stuff in important life. stuff. So I gotta say, best ongoing game would be Death Stranding because that game is going and going and going and going. Oh, and... it's the end of the road. <laughs> I'll be uh, that'll be <laughs> ongoing for me for a long time. And then come to find out, it was just a mirage of you going insane. <laughs> I never actually left. I'm in a I'm in a straitjacket somewhere. I'm still pretty convinced with that game that what happened is Sony just blasted a shit ton of money at Kojima and he wrote this amazing story which he took back to them in the form of a movie. And so he said, shit, our movie company is failing, bankrupt. We need you to make a game, not a movie. And he's like, don't worry about it. We'll just put some fetch quests in and it's done. And I think that's what happened. I think he made a movie and they added all that other garbage in at the last minute, probably in the last hour, knowing Sony before they pushed it out. I'm surprised the game came out when it did. Hmm. I'm, I'm surprised that it came out when it did. I, I just knew that that was going to be delayed and delayed and delayed. And the game came out and here I am not finishing it. <laughs> Wait. I mean, finishing it in 2020. That, that game, better, more, maybe more so than any other game, has a great argument for just watching the cutscenes on YouTube as a movie. I think, you know, if you, if you never finish it, just do that. It'll save you 40 hours, and it's, uh, it's worth it. That's a good idea. So, all right, best indie game. CJ, you should be all over this one. Mm, well, look, there's been... There's been so many wonderful indie games, Daryl, that it's hard to pick it's hard to pick just one. And it might sound like I'm stalling here, listeners, because I forgot this category as well, but that is not the case at all. So my <laughs> best indie 
<laughs> my best my best indie game and you know when we think of indie we think of you know a small studio you know or low budget but some people also think of low quality they think of you know a studio that is forced to reuse assets to to create a product because they, they're on a you know a scale and stuff they think of shorter experiences that are packaged with filler content to, to reach a full-size game they, they think of you know low bu- uh, marketing budgets where where they just rope in, you know, a character or a movie franchise, you know, and there's been there's been really no other indie game that I could describe that has done this so well, if you take that as the definition, as Miles Morales. It's just a wonderful depiction of what you can do by rehashing, you know, a, a small studio, rehashing a previous title and just putting a new name on it and, and sending it out to the masses as well. What's an achievement for this indie studio is that they managed to get a full price AAA game uh, price tag on it. And for that, I, I have to give it the indie game of the year. Oh, wow. There we go. <laughs> wow. It's, it's true, though, isn't it? There's nothing you can refute there. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> he just gives up. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's fun. It was fun the first fun. time two years ago as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? I bought the a seventy or eighty dollar version, so I can play that version again. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Wait, it's a Genshin Impact. What? It got me. <laughs> uh, so, all right, T Bird, best indie game. Uh, I'm going with that. Karen, carry on, car on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That game's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's fun. Easy thousand points too. I didn't get all thousand, but it's a good game. So, all right, Zach, best indie game. Oh, so this is a category where I'm stuck into because I really like Dead Cells, but I like Dust, the uh, Legion Tale more. But they're both really good. And I feel like Dead Cells is more... Well, it is more recent, but... I don't know. One of them two will do. They're both good. Very good games. And Dead Cells is just like... You will spend hours trying to get back to where you were in that game. But it's hard as titties. But it's it's fun. That's a quite an emphasis on those uh, yeah. titties. titties. <laughs> uh, <I> that's funny. <laughs> um, so I, this is kind of where my category start to bleed over, right? Because I played a handful of indie games this year, right? Uh, but when we talk about what was the best indie games, I could say Road Bustle again. You know, I could say Memory Lane, where I sat back and played a like a, a match two game and got a platinum trophy. You know, or I could play, I could say Fall Guys, or a game that I have played uh, in spirit. But I really do think the best indie game that I played this year, um, it, it really does come down between uh, Chickens on the Road 
and my name is Mayo too. And I think that my name is Mayo too just barely nudges it out and beats chickens on the road. Yeah, some stiff competition right there. <laughs> my name is Mayo too is in every way better than its predecessor. So I, I just got to give it credit, man. It's a good game. Good job. So I actually have a, a worst category nominee for this. If you can't remember it. Have you guys heard, ever heard of a arcade or Xbox 360 arcade game called Apoc Z? I think you've mentioned it before in the past. I might have. That game was like the worst like Daisy knockoff. Or might have been, might not have been Daisy. It might have been H1Z1, I think. But either way, it was one of those two games that I tried to rip off. It was trash. It was so bad. I mean, it was only a dollar, but <laughs> um, it was just so laggy. You couldn't even see the people that you're playing with. It was that bad. That's awesome. That's how you know something's ready for prime time. But it was classic, too, <laughs> at the same time, because me and my friends would just get on there and have <laughs> like the best time just laughing at how bad it was. Hey man, if that's its purpose, it, it accomplished it, you know. I, I guess that's true. So, all right, CJ, we're not gonna pick. We're not gonna do mobile game. We're not gonna do community support. Uh, best VR AR. Mm, well, I don't. Well, play, we don't have. We have, go ahead. I was gonna say we, I don't play a lot of VR games, so I might have to pass on this one. Okay. I don't. You're not doing mobile games, but you're doing VR games. Well, okay. So the only reason I even said that one is because I thought that CJ played some of the VR stuff. Uh, no, so, sorry. Oh, gotcha. Nope. Yeah, we'll skip that one too because I get sick every time I play VR. So I've given up on it. Same. I want to play that impatient that Jared was talking about. I've, I think I'm still down in the wrapper, but mm. all right. Um, we're going to skip innovation and accessibility unless you guys say otherwise and move into best action. I'm cool with that. Okay. All right, CJ, best action game. So it's not surprising the fav- my favorite studio to hate, PlayStick, would make an appearance again today, Daryl. And this one, it's something to behold as an action game. It is a flight simulator of sorts where you don't really fly because you can't actually physically move your, your aircraft forward. It just propels itself occasionally in a forward direction, which is a wonderful feat of, of physics-based gaming. It is, of course, the wonderful Flux Terrier where there's no clear goal in what you're supposed to do, but there is a timer to tell you you don't have long to do it in. It's a game that has eight levels of which seven would have been, you know, more than enough, but they, they whacked on the eighth level, which is the first level in reverse. And it's always a sign that, you know, you've you've delved into the the gaming depths when you start to rehash your own game in the game that you're actually currently playing you don't need to wait for the sequel <laughs> so look it's, it's it's a wonderful action game which will propel you out of your seat and quickly to turn the playstation off uh, which is is what an action game should do require movement <laughs> that's an amazing answer all right t-bird yeah, I picked Doom. 
That's a good answer. I mean, it's it's a legit good answer. Yeah, I mean, as the only on the game, I think in that category that made sense. I dig it. I dig it. So, all right, Big Zach. Uh, I, hmm. I'm trying to yeah. think of what the name of that game was. I'm having a brain fart right now. I played it on the 360. It's called Fortnite. <laughs> Truth. Uh, oh, F me. What was the name of that game? Hold on. I hate to do this. Oh, never mind. Oh, I believe in you. All right. Uh, well, I guess since I can't remember the what the worst one was, I guess... Uh, I'll go with the best one that I think I've played. So, the best action game for me would probably be... I spent a lot of time on Overwatch. That was a really fun game back in the day. I don't know how it is now, but... When it first released, that game was really, really fun. So, and it was just like nonstop, everything going at once. So, it was a, it was pretty fun. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Um, this is one of those uh, categories that I actually do care about. Um, and as for me, the games that I played this year that you know were that are actiony. Um, even though Resident Evil is considered horror resident Evil three is way more action than it is horror and that's just one of those games that like it was it was really good uh i really enjoyed it i thought that the uh the action in the game was good it was fair you know much more fair than resident Evil 2 remake um thoroughly enjoyed that game and uh the end of it got a little a little over the top but it got it was super super action so yeah, I gotta say, Resident Evil Three, uh, an actual serious answer. All right, CJ, best action adventure. Yeah, so for this one, I have to dip back to 2019, and he is the master of the modern game, Gilbert B. Pontes. If you haven't come across this man, you have uh, you've never experienced life in the gutter. I suppose it's fair to say his title, Samuel, the Legacy <laughs> of. Horrificus, and it is horrific. I can tell you, listeners, with a with a name like that, you'd be expecting some sort of Greek tragedy, or you know, something something massive. If you like this, this game is. I don't know if you if any of you have played it, but it's a it's a testament to uh, what what can be achieved in game design. It's a it's a stolen asset game, of course, a flipped asset game. It, it makes wonderful use of lighting, although not to the extent that he gets to in his 2020 release, and a wonderful Skyrim esque ripoff system of of location markers i suppose for enemies where the markers on the bar actually do not indicate where the enemy is which is a wonderful you know explorative nature that many games i think in the future will take you know putting a checkpoint there and then actually it's a it's a red herring if you like that's not where the monster is of course he loves rng as well the monster is never in the same place twice but as he is quoted as saying look it wasn't me or the rng it's just what happened and that really is all you can say about about Samuel of Horrificus, what happened? Oh, wow. 
T-Bird. Um, I went with Sass Creed Valhalla. Okay. A serious answer. Yeah. Very nice. Just, just plenty of action and just plenty of adventure. Because, you know, Vikings and all. <laughs> Got a raid and gotcha. pillage and everything. All right, brain fart. I mean, Zach, what you got for best action adventure? Best action adventure. I'm going to go with Fallout 3. There you go. Because it is probably my favorite game of all time. And you can pretty much, well, for the time, you could almost do anything. So it's a, it's a good game. A lot of stuff to do. Yeah. And a lot of stuff to explore and see. So. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, as for me, uh, this year's uh, best action adventure, uh, I played several action adventure games. Uh, and I got to say that... Mayo doesn't the... count. <laughs> well, then I don't have an answer, Tanner. Wow, way to ruin it for me. Uh, no, I gotta say, uh, this is a game that did not come out this year, but it's a game that I played this year and I continue to play. Uh, it is a somewhat serious answer actually, and that's going to be dying light. Um, I platinumed it did Christmas of last year. So almost a year ago. And I started the DLC, which is essentially a whole nother game. Uh, the following DLC, it is absolutely massive. Um, I've got several hours into it, but I've got probably two or three hours of just straight up riding around in a doom buggy, just running over zombies. Like yeah. just straight up. I'm broke mine, so I can't do that. <laughs> the game is so absurdly fun. Uh, anytime that I just want to mindlessly kill stuff, throw in some dying light, you know, jump in my doom buggy and just ride around. And I've listened to podcasts riding around, just running over zombies. I listened to songs just riding around, running over zombies. So, uh, didn't come out this year, but one of my all time favorites and a game that has still pumping out content. They're still putting out new DLCs. Um, and I really, really, really enjoy it. So there you go. A somewhat serious answer. So, CJ, this is, should be right up your alley. Best RPG. Yes, so best role-playing game, yeah? So, obviously, a game yeah. that you can associate with. You can feel like you are the character, but also can give you an experience that you wouldn't get in your normal life. Role-play, if you like. One thing I've always wondered about would, was what it would be like to feel contained, but to still experiment with a multitude of clothing, not to be defined by our gender stereotypes, but to be asexual, if you like, in a confined space. And for that, there has been no better role-playing game than the original. Don't tell me about the sequel. I'm not interested. The original, my name is Mayo. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, T-Bird, best RPG. Oh God! Um, I want to go with Kingdoms of Malmar. 
finally actually got to finish that game after I don't know how many years I've owned it. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. That's a good game. Good answer. I like it. So, all right, Zach, best role playing game. <clears throat> all right. So, the best role playing game that I have chosen is Fallout New Vegas. I know it's another Fallout entry. I don't care. It's a good game. So, there you go. That's. Yeah, and that's your answer. And it's one of those games where it's like I lot you know, a lot of people probably know that I like three more, but I feel like in New Vegas they added a lot more to make you feel more immersed in the world and you actually feel like you build this character and you become them. So that's always cool. I dig it. I dig it. And I was torn between two. Uh, so following up with what CJ said, if you're actually thinking about a game where you find a role and you play through it, you know, I thought about uh, a way to incorporate Bioshock into this. You know, I thought about playing the role of a you know mindless character who is controlled and manipulated every time the phrase "Would you kindly" is is mentioned. But then I thought about like what was really the best experience I had playing a a, a role this year, uh, and that would be the the role of the the predator, you know. And I'm not talking about predator hunting grounds. I'm talking about the apex predator, right? The great white shark. So man eater would be my pick for the best RPG of 2020. Uh, man eater came out, and you you are a shark in your mama shark's belly who is, is the mama shark gets gutted. You come out, you bite a, uh, a, a fisherman from the bayou uh, and it starts this rivalry. And so essentially the only way to avenge your family is for you to eat and mutate beyond all real capabilities so that you can, you know, take down this, uh, evil army of fishermen and uh and and avenge your your dead loved ones so a uh, man eater is by far one of the best games i've played in 2020 and one of the best rpgs ever made good choice very good <laughs> yep. all right best fighting game Yeah, I think the entire panel does not play fighting games almost. Sorry. Well, all I right, so we all... <laughs> all right, what you got, Zach? Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. All right. Yeah. I don't really have much to say about it. Smash Bros. <laughs> it's always good. Most of the time. I haven't played the Wii one, so I can't judge it. <laughs> All right. Because well, they're, they're little. Sorry, guys, to cut in. I'm going to have to go in about uh, ten minutes. Uh, I just saw the time. Okay. Sorry, is that, is that not going to ruin it? No, you're good. We'll we'll, not, we'll we'll bust through it. So, for me, best fighting game. Um, I was going to make a joke about uh, how I had to fight for my life and my trophy count, and uh, I had to play slide. 
um, God. on stream for, <laughs> for our charity event. <laughs> and uh, and then I had to turn around and play a uh, the Fatal 12 for my 200th Platinum. Uh, and for there is where I gave up the fight for my trophy count. But but in all seriousness, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is absolutely amazing. It's great. Um, so we'll kind of just, uh, is there any of the last categories you guys want to, you want to pick something for you guys got any great answers for best family game or sports racing games or best multiplayer? No, no not for me. No. I don't play those. Like the, the last little half of this list after RPGs is kind of like, eh. Yeah, it's kind of like just yeah filler. And most of this stuff kind of repeats itself to me. It's like the game that won one category. If I'm being legit, not trying to be funny, the the games that win one category can kind of win the rest of them. Mm. Um, content creator of the year that would go to the Loot Bros podcast, of course. That's a pretty simple one. Um, so then, game of the year. All right, so CJ, we're going to end this thing with your game of the year for 2020. Yeah, I'm not going to go with a serious answer because there's still so many big titles that I, I still want to at least play five minutes of before the end of the year to pass a full verdict on because that is enough, as you know, listeners. So instead, I'll go. I'll go <laughs> with my worst game of the year again, if you'll allow me. And uh, this, uh, you know, I played. I played a mixed bag this year, definitely over the almost 700 games I've played on the PlayStation now, but this one. <laughs> This one stands out, and uh, this one is, I will take to the grave with me. And it, of course, is by the man that I mentioned before, Gilbert B. Pontes, the master of jank, uh, his shadow, the Ronin. You know, often we we peak a pinnacle as we age, you know, with, with a work that will be defined and known as forever. And this is this work for Shadow, uh, for Mr. Pontes. This is a game that many people would say is unplayable because his his use of lighting. The game is so bright, all you can see on the screen is white which is fantastic considering it is a role-playing game on the back of a horse. Again, he he once again brings in his his RNG, which he has no control of, but that's RNG for you. And uh, his level, he's got a system of monsters this time that he has placed where the checkpoints are, which is a big evolution from his previous year's game. But he's made them so difficult to beat that to kill one monster will take you around 10 to 12 hours. And of course, there are 10 monsters in this game. The map is also so big that it would take you, I believe it's two hours to walk from one side to the other. It's an amazing feat of game design by a one-man team and he really sets the bar for Ubisoft for years to come in their Assassin's Creed franchise. <laughs> uh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Alright, T-Bird. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a serious one. Yeah, that's I picked Final Fantasy VII. I think that's probably hands down the best game that I've played this year. Granted, I'm still like sixty hours into Assassin's Creed and I ain't even finished it yet. But this is like this is a close second. All right, sweet. Now, Tanner, I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed because when we were at work, you had this amazing idea. I know. I just didn't have. And I didn't. You were going. I didn't have time to prepare it was, for it. It was going to be so funny. Like I was laughing hysterically as you pitched the idea to me. It was a good idea. It's just I ran out of time. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. All right, Big Zach. Game of the year, 2020. 2020. What a year it's been, guys. And it's only right to end a year with a game 
So, <laughs> when you think of innovation and all the things that mankind have has done, you would think that uh, making a game. I know there's a lot of work that goes into it, but you would think with how many good games there are, you would think that a lot of people would take notes and not make bad games. Not Bethesda. <laughs> as we all know, Bethesda is mainly known for uh, some pretty decent titles, such as the Fallout series, the Elder Scrolls franchise, and many others. But the one mistake that they long to forget Brink. Oh, oh. <laughs> that the hurts. I actually I like that game. <laughs> that is the worst game I have ever touched. I hated it That's so much. Bad. Have you tried My Name is Mayor? <laughs> whoa, 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 baby. Whoa. That game at least gives you something at the end. Brink gives you nothing. <laughs> oh, so it's kind of like um, Operation Raccoon City. You pay $60 and you get a four-hour game. Those are my favorites. Those are my favorites. So, All right, guys. I'm going to close this up with what I think is the worst game that I have touched in 2020. Now, I played some stinkers, all right? Uh, I played Homefront the Revolution this year. Ugh, I'm sorry. Oh, right. man. You didn't, you didn't I, spend I played, a lot of money on that, right? Uh, $4.99. That's way too much. I played uh, games that broke and didn't work. Uh, I played, I got a review copy of Dawn of Fear, which I was super excited about until I had a game breaking glitch in the beginning of the game that didn't allow me to progress any farther. Not all, not all um, codes are equal. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I got that. Uh, I played uh, Vasilis, which I thought was just absolutely awful awful just total trash the game sony allowed to be uh, released because that will kill the vita it almost bricks it guaranteed <laughs> yes yes so um but you know what out of all of those games that i played none of those were the worst game that i played uh, i wanted to talk about my name is mayo to be in the best game or even you th- even be serious and say i really enjoyed resident evil 3 uh, but no, what I got to say is the absolute worst experience that I've had in 2020 would be Darksiders Genesis. <laughs> and it is the, the most disappointed I've ever been in my life because the opening cutscene is awesome. It looks good. It sounds cool. It's got a great premise. But it does not matter how many times I download that game. It does not work. I absolutely cannot get past the start menu. I have never been denied access to a game so many times. It's fantastic. So, <laughs> I cannot help but vote that is the worst game of 2020 because I cannot make it past the start menu. The game absolutely refuses to load. It will not work. Do you know if it stacks? <laughs> <laughs> So that is uh there's there's been two games that I have tried since the Xbox came out that no matter how many times I install them, physical or digital, they will not play. 
One is one is uh, Dark Siders Genesis, and the other is Scream Ride. I bought two copies of Screen Ride, physical, and downloaded off Game Pass, and it will not work. It just will not play for me. Impressive. You've, you've got to respect a developer that actually knows their game is so bad that they refuse to let it start on your machine. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is awesome. Well, that's it. I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, we just remembered we just dropped a new Loot Bros. Comic Cast episode. This week and sometime this week, we should also be dropping a new 2236 episode. So keep an eye on that. And that's it. See y'all next week with an actual full episode. Later. People need to know we're living in a war zone. Hit the streets with the truth, tell them that it's old.